Welcome to the Expert PK and Newbie Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Expert PK and Newbie Podcast. I'm Alyssa, and I am here today, as promised, with Morgan, our newbie. Hi, Morgan. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you. That's good. Last time we saw you, I think you were in England. I mean, that was a while while ago now. How was that? Yeah, it was so nice. I had Christmas over there with my family. Um, it was freezing, lots of snowstorms, but it was really, really good. Oh, that sounds so good. What did you do? Anything Anything fun? I saw Mary Poppins in London, which was really cool. Just did lots of little day trips with the family, lots of Christmas festivities. I visited my church campus that's over there that I go to in Melbourne, which was really cool. Yeah, just quality family time. It's really nice. Oh, that's so nice. Is it yeah. is it good to be back in Australia? Yeah, a lot warmer here. Mm. Um, it was freezing over there. I'm not built for the cold. Um, so nice to be home and back in the swing of things for 2023. Definitely, definitely. Are you excited for this year? Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for some big changes, hopefully. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Well, we're here to talk about your your life and your testimony and your walk with Christ. Um, yeah, and just hear about how you came to faith. Where did you where did you grow up? Let's go all the way back to little Morgan's life. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in a little town called Bonnie Hills, just out of Port Macquarie. Um, in New South Wales on the beach. Along with living in Port Macquarie, I was part of a naval family. So we're always moving around Australia. Um, but most of my time I grew up in Port Macquarie, which was such a great place to grow up. Um, I was a little beach baby. I was always in the water, always at the beach. Loved it. That's awesome. And so you loved the water. Was that the thing you loved the most? about Port Macquarie? Yeah, I've always been drawn to the water since I can remember. Morgan means born from the sea, so it's kind of fitting. But I was thrown in the ocean with my dad really young to learn to swim. And I just, yeah, I've always loved the ocean and being by the sea. That's awesome. And did your dad travel a lot as part of the Navy? Yeah. So my dad was quite high up in the Navy. So he traveled a fair bit. Um, my parents traveled a lot around the world before I was born, but um, still was posted quite a few places around Australia when I was little. Um, so that was pretty cool. Very adventurous parents. Do you think that rubbed off on you? Yeah, definitely. 100%. <laughs> Where's your favorite place to travel? My favorite place in the world that I've been a few times is Hawaii. Hands down, my favorite place in the whole world. Could go back 100 times and never get sick of it. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess like, you know, it being beachy and water everywhere mm. and it's just a surf capital. Um, yeah. 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 In, in the world, yeah. I guess. I don't know where else you'd consider <laughs> surf capital. I don't really surf, so I'm not really a, an expert <laughs> on that. Um, when when was the last time you went to Hawaii? Oh, I went to Hawaii in 2016. So well, I think I'm due for a trip probably this year. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, That'll be fun. Have you started planning that? No, I just decided just then. Just, just then. It's time to go You've back. You've reminded me. <laughs> You're welcome. No, that's great. and. What about your mum? What what did she do? So my mum was a theatre nurse um, and then a bit later in life she worked with an ophthalmologist, so an eye specialist as a nurse, um, which was really interesting. But, yeah, always been a nurse, always helping out the school canteen as well, baking and cooking and doing lots of little things. Yeah, nice. And growing up, were were you in a, in a, a part of a Christian family? No. So I went to a Christian school, high school, and I went to your classic Easter and Christmas services with my grandma. But um, I didn't grow up 
in faith. Um, I learned later in life that my parents were religious or believers, but um, I didn't grow up in it, no. I did like compulsory scripture in chapel at school and things, but never actively kind of sought out faith. How did you find out that your parents were Christian? Yeah, so probably to take it back a bit, it's probably helpful to mention why I came into faith in the first place and this kind of links to it. Um, So I lost both my parents to breast cancer. Um, They both passed away and I was going through some of their stuff in a storage container. I found this box of Bibles and notebooks and never in a million years I think I'd find something like that. Like I was so confused. Um, And reading through it, reading through the notes and what they'd highlighted, like it was very clear that they were believers and had faith. And that kind of led me to looking into faith myself and questioning things and taking that kind of journey. Mm. Yeah, that's that's really nice, like finding out that you're also connected to faith now as they were and like finding out after after the fact. Yeah, definitely. It brings a bit of comfort and hope knowing that if they had that when they were going through what they were going through. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's very special. It's very special. And so before like rewinding back a bit, before coming to faith, what did you think of Christians and the church? (laughs) I'm going to try and say it in such a nice, respectful way. (laughs) I definitely, I thought Christians were just like, culty nerds like the weirdos yeah kind of the outcast society I was just so opposed to it so against it I was probably not very nice to those people looking back but I've been pleasantly surprised and very shocked that they're just normal people and they're actually some really cool people and yeah normal um, and not culty like I assumed and thought for a very long time or you've just you've just joined the cult and, and have, it's normal yeah or I've just been <laughs> brainwashed into a cult but I love it it's a good cult if it is one so <laughs> join our cult today <laughs> happy to be here <laughs> we love that no that's really good and like that's it we are just normal people with big hearts when when did you start exploring your faith and when did you kind of come across God yes yeah, so I'd lost my dad quite early in life and it hadn't really come up as not that it wasn't an issue but it wasn't a really big thing for me because I was so young. And then I lost my mum a bit later when I was 21. And that's when I just took a really reckless path. Like I was just acting out, taking like life risking risks, doing silly activities, just drinking, drugs, partying, did not care. Um, And it got to the point where I tried to take my own life a few times. And every time nothing would allow it to happen. It just, something kept stopping me. So I was in this reckless phase of my life. And then I ran into an old friend weird timing, ran into an old friend kind of at the peak of that behavior. And I found out that they were a pastor and I kind of said, don't mention anything religious to me or I walk because I was so against it and angry at faith and religion because of the position I'd been left in. I just blamed it on that as so many people do. And then, yeah, we just started having some conversations that that person really in a smart way kind of weaved into the faith and, um, led me to explore it and question it a lot. And then I just kind of got hooked and I didn't let on to anyone that I was hooked at the start. I just kind of personally explored it a bit um, and kind of went from there. And then I just got so hungry for knowledge. I had this newfound hope. I, yeah, I had a lot more respect for my life and what the gift I'd been given. And it just went from there. Mm, Yeah. Wow. So looking back at all those risky behaviors and um, low points in your life. Can you now see God in those moments, in those low points? Yeah. Looking back now I can, because I think I was one of those people that secretly prayed out and yelled out for help 
even though I didn't fully believe in it, there was still something in there that kept me going. Mm. And now looking back, I know that it was that. At the time, I couldn't see it. But now, definitely on reflection, yeah, I know what it was. Definitely. It's hard to see God when you're in a situation or in a position. Yeah, for sure. And the anger just took over so much and there's no one else to blame. So, of course, I'm going to blame anything I can. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's normal. It's very easy to point your fingers at at someone or something, especially God, when things go wrong. Mm, Yeah. But he is always walking beside us. Yeah. And I found that when I was screaming out in the anger, like, why did you take my parents? Like, why is this my, my path? Other things would be provided that were good to me at the time, like good people or good experiences or things would come up and it would kind of remind me that it's still good, like Mm. life is still good and it was God doing all that without me realising it at the time. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. No, that's really cool. After you started personally exploring and, you know, you were hungry for knowledge and things, how did did God speak to you? How did God communicate with you? Yeah, so I thought I was losing my mind at first, but I started hearing words every so often, Um, my dreams as well. The first word I ever heard was unwavering and I just kept hearing it and hearing it and I was like, what does this mean? Like, it's weird. And then, yeah, over the next few months, I'd just hear words and they'd stay around for a few weeks and I'd just ponder on it and it would reoccur in situations or things like, Mm. yeah, and just remind me. And then the dreams, like definitely heard it through the dreams. I went on a prayer walk that someone told me to go on a prayer walk and try it praying while walking. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll try that. Um, So I walked along the beach. It was at night. The water was so rough and I just did this prayer walk. I was like, all right, I'm talking to myself, did my prayer. And then the water, I said, I made a comment like lots of people do, like if you're real, give me a sign. The water stopped for like a good 10 seconds. And I just looked around to see if anyone else saw it. No one was around. Um, And I think it was God using the ocean and water to kind of be like, I'm here. Mm. So that was crazy for me. Oh yeah. That's, yeah, that's an incredible experience. And, you know, such a strong sign of God's presence and power and control. Yeah. And just little things like I'd always longed for really good, genuine girlfriends. And I went to church for the first time. I met you in the car park because I was lost Mm. like just little things that just kept falling into place situations I'd find myself in with new confidence jobs just things in life just kept happening Mm. yeah no definitely and when things just kind of fall into place and and you're in a really good spot with like God Mm. it's just yeah it's an indescribable kind of feeling yeah it's wild yeah it really is at the start of your faith journey, uh, how, how long was it between accepting God uh, as your Lord and Jesus as your saviour? Uh, how long was it before you got baptised? It was probably about 18 months, which is looking back, it feels quite quick, but I just it just all happened so fast, like the hunger, the what was happening to me. Yeah, I think it was about 18 months and it was honestly the best decision I've ever made. I got baptised in the ocean on the roughest day ever. I thought I was going to drown, but it just felt very fitting to do it in the ocean. Yeah, it was really, really great decision. Yeah, it was a great day because I remember I was there and it was <laughs> the windiest day. It was, the water was so rough. <laughs> and like they pushed me back and like pulling me back up against the waves like I honestly thought I was going to drown <laughs> but you didn't 
which is I didn't. I'm here. You thriving. are here. You are thriving, and we love that. It's so it's so fitting that you got baptized in the ocean, especially with mm. what that means to you. Yeah, yeah. And I got asked to pick a Bible verse for my baptism to kind of reflect on, and I chose one from Isaiah. Um, when you go through deep waters, I'll be with you, mm. and that's one that I've just held on to this whole journey. Uh, it's still my favorite verse. Yeah, no, I remember we had shirts as well, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was really cool. It was a great day. Yeah. And speaking of favorite things from the Bible, who who is your who is a character that you relate to the most in the Bible? There's quite a few that draw me in a lot, but one that I found that I've related to a lot is Esther, the story about Esther. I find that I'm naturally a bit of a leader, like from lived experience just in my workplace what I do yeah I think Esther being like a powerful woman figure in the Bible and what she kind of went through and advocated for and everything yeah no definitely and Mm. I I see that in you as well I see you as a strong leader in in different circles and groups and do you think that is a a gift and that you're using it or could use it in ministry in the future definitely I think I've done some spiritual gifting testing and I know it's just a bit of a guide but one of my main ones was prophecy and evangelism Mm. and yeah I find people kind of gravitate towards me after seeing my journey and they're like if you can do that like I want to explore it because of how against it I was Mm. I also work in healthcare at a children's hospital so my type of line of work, I come across a lot of really sad stories and also a lot of miracles that happen at work that make me kind of look back on that. And it's, yeah, having the leadership and the kind of evangelism factor can help me help families and kind of start those conversations with people. Mm. And speaking of evangelism, in the podcast, you've mentioned that you, you've you challenged yourself to bring a new person to church each week. And that's, it's very admirable. Um, how do you kind of go about that because it's very hard even for seasoned Christians. I've just tried to make it relatable and a lot of the time I've kind of said like I've been where you are like I was the same if anyone had asked me to go to church before I'd found this I would have just laughed at them. I also always try and put like coffee or we'll go for brunch after or try and convince them a bit cheeky but I just say like come once give it a go if you hate it like what have you got to lose you've met some people you've been to it and probably four out of five people recently have loved it I absolutely loved it so it's just putting yourself out there. Definitely. And a no's a no like you can't assume people's no's before they say it so just inviting them some people will act like they're really against it, but they're curious deep down. So just encouraging that. Mm, totally. Yeah. And I mean, I would say yes if I wasn't a Christian, if I heard coffee <laughs> or brunch was on the table. <laughs> Us Christians, we love a good coffee, don't we? <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> coffee and the Lord. That is our bread and butter. <laughs> That's great. And how how do those conversations start? Normally, like, unfortunately, they start because something bad is going on or things are rough or there's a tough time. And people, a lot of people in my life have related to me and been like, oh, you've had this really horrible thing happen in your life. Like, how are you still going? How are you doing it? What's your advice? And I always say I don't have key advice. Like, I tried everything. Faith was my last option. Like, I was, I'd given up. So I just kind of make it relatable and just start the conversation. And I don't always say, like, hey, let's go read the Bible or hey, let's go straight to church or let's listen to worship music in silence together. Like, I don't, you've just got to approach it in a way that, yeah, it's relatable. Like, you could just say, oh, what are your current beliefs? Or like, why don't you believe? Or what's stopping you? Or what have you heard about it? It doesn't have to just 
be straight to church. Mm. Yeah, no, that's a really yeah. good way to look at it. You need to find some common ground and have a conversation mm. before you kind of throw people in the deep end. For sure, yeah. And I think that's why I wanted to be part of this podcast so badly mm. um, because if someone was going to just start the Bible, you don't just hand them a Bible and say, go read this. Like having tools and resources and things to help and be curious about and ask questions that aren't dumb. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And what resources have you found that has been really useful for you as as a new Christian? Yeah, so at the start I um, did an alpha course at my church and I also did just some basic knowledge courses through them as well. I also did BDC, so Building Discipleship Culture, through um, the church in Sydney. New Beginnings. That was really interesting on how to disciple people and have those connections. What are some other things? I like reading. So I just got some really good self-help books, but from Kurong from the Christian Bookshop. I started by reading just a devotional a day. So it wasn't too much information, but it made me question things because I like to be questioned and challenged. And I also found the Bible Project on YouTube really helpful because it simplified things. And I think I've told you this before, but my number one key tip, I bought a kid's picture book bible that summed up the story really basically but it was so helpful like i'm talking so basic like minimal words just pictures yeah so good that's so awesome. so good <laughs> i love that that's actually such a good yeah. like helpful useful tip for new christians because the bible is actually yeah. quite a complicated overwhelming piece of text mm. and where do you begin like, you know, exactly. Yeah. I just needed something that gave me the basic chronological order of what happened and like just really basic. And it was so helpful. I still look at it like it's so helpful. That's great. And if you're like a, a visual learner like me, yeah, it's the perfect resource to start out. Don't don't base yeah. all your knowledge and <laughs> idea of <laughs> theology on a picture book, please. <laughs> That's not what I think something else too is I am before subconsciously I didn't know I was listening to worship music before becoming a Christian not knowing it was worship music when I was bagging all these Christians and calling them nerds and everything and then I got really into I was like oh it's normal music it's just got meaning and then it just took over secular music like I enjoyed it more yeah yeah so it was really interesting to hear messages in those songs and kind of it taught you a lot through music like I learned a lot through worship music yeah yeah definitely and what are your favorite worship songs? My favorite worship song is Lord Send Revival. Yeah, cool. Oh, and there's a song called Getaway by Taya oh, from yeah, Hillsong. Cool. Love it. Really vibey. And I'm assuming Oceans is up there. Oh, yeah. As well. Classic. Yeah. Absolute classic. Used to bop to that before I was a Christian. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> I think it's actually being used by like non Christians on social mm, media. They have no and idea. And they have no idea, which is hilarious. I think I also. Mm. Fun fact, so it's been 10 years since the release of that song. Wow. I could be wrong, but I think I saw something about that, which is which is really cool and it's still like it's still such a strong yeah, strong song. It still holds up. What's the biggest thing that has changed in you since becoming a Christian? I think the biggest thing that has changed in me is my appreciation for the life and gift I've been given. I think before I just took everything for granted. I didn't care. Like I just thought life was like just disposable. I just didn't care. Now it's a bit more, I have so much gratitude and gratefulness, even when things are really tough because God is good all the time. And I strongly believe that and tell myself that every day. I, yeah, I think also my work, like 
when talking about miracles and things like tiny miracles are happening every day around me and now I just notice them more. It doesn't take a massive thing. There's just little miracles every day. The relationships I've built with people are a lot more intentional and like wholesome and meaningful now. You build deeper connections. You have more to talk about. You actually do life together, like properly do life together. And before coming to faith, I was quite lonely because of what I'd been through. I didn't have much family support. Mm. My friends were kind of on the reckless journey with me, so I had to leave a lot of them behind. So it was lonely. Now, yeah, I'm surrounded by people. I'm literally doing life with people that aren't going anywhere. So they're probably the two biggest changes. And also just, I feel more confident to advocate for people and push other people to find this. And yeah, it's just given me like a massive confidence to do that. Yeah, 100%. And can you see how your faith is going to be used in in your work in the future and how that that could be shaped? For sure. Yeah. I work in a pediatric hospital and so much happens there. I'm starting my social work degree next week, which is so exciting. I've done youth work in the past. So eventually I want to end up in some kind of youth pastoral care role at work. Not sure what that looks like yet. It's hard being in a government organization because we can't talk to people about faith unless they approach us first. So it's one of those things that you kind of got to wait. But I'm hoping that with my evangelism and like people will find me and the right people will be put in my workplace for me to help. But yeah, I really want to work with young people, mm. youth, children in advocacy and pastoral care. I, I can see that you because you've been a, a, a part of a lot of like charity work in the past and mm. youth programs, like knowing you, I, I just know this. But yeah, did you want to talk about that a little bit? I was part of uh, a charity called Canteen for a very long time. So it's a youth cancer charity as one of their youth ambassadors. So advocating for the charity and what we were supporting and fundraising for. And through that, I met a lot of broken people who had been through really crappy experiences, whether it be themselves with cancer or family. So that's kind of, I was in that for 14 years. So doing that work, charity work. It also definitely changed when I came to faith, like why I was doing it. It was a lot less for selfish reasons of like doing it just for doing it. Like I, there was an actual reason behind it. And like an example of something I did with them, I did a thousand K bike ride mm. two years ago, like a crazy person, didn't train, just decided to do it. And it was at a point when I was exploring faith, like I was quite new into it. And I had the whole church like rooting for me. They were on the phone to me. I had like, they like scheduled different calls to check I was still alive and going on this stupid bike. And at that point I was like holding onto the bike and I was like, come on, God, get me through this. Like testing it so much like faith. Mm. And I did it with no training. So I don't know if God's to thank for that or I don't know, but yeah, it definitely had someone on my side for all sorts of tasks, no matter what, what it was in life. And it was just really prevalent in things like that. Absolutely. And I, I remember that bike ride and just the fact that you just didn't train at all. <laughs> it was so funny. But you did great. You you did a fantastic job and you went through and you like held your own. And um, yeah, it's very admirable. What would you say to yourself 10 years ago, knowing what you know now? That is a big question. I could say a lot to Morgan 10 years ago. Mm. But I think if I hadn't have been through what I had been through, or put myself through what I did, I wouldn't have found faith the way I did. I think I found it at the right time when I was ready and old enough to appreciate it. Mm. Probably would have been helpful to have it a lot earlier. Mm. But yeah, oh, 10 years ago, that was probably like, I was 18. Yeah, just do better. <laughs> Pull your <laughs> head in. Better. <laughs> Make better choices to do better just mm. in general but I made it I'm here 
kick in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I guess like when you're at your lowest point, where do you, where do you kind of go from there? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Life happened as it did for you to find mm. find God on your yeah. on your own. Yeah, and I think that's part of the power in the journey is I had to find it on my own. And I had to make the choices and have the control to do that. So I think a lot of power is in that, that I wasn't brought up in it and I still found it. So I'm really grateful for that. Absolutely. Yeah. And what advice or encouragement would you give to other new Christians trying to work out where, where they fit in and, you know, their, work out their, their faith journey? What would, you, what would you say to them? I'd probably say it's not going to be perfect. I had this big idea that if I said yes to it in this new lifestyle, it was just going to be perfect and all rainbows and fairies and butterflies. And Mm. it's still really hard. And I still have days where like last week I was fighting with God, like we were Mm. in a fight and I didn't want to talk to him. So there's still days like that. And it's not, it's not going to be perfect, but it's worth it. And to just push through the questions, just learn on your own. You don't have to take what people say. There's no conventional way to kind of do the faith walk and journey. Mm. You can, yeah, work it out on your own, but still lean on people, but definitely just make your own assumptions. Also don't assume that everyone's a culty nerd before going into the church and into those circles. Give them a chance. They're normal people. They're great people. Yeah. Just giving it a chance, taking it really slow, Mm. not having unrealistic expectations of this perfect life it's going to be. And I think that's so important to to mention as well, because I feel like people who aren't in faith or don't go to church or don't believe in God, they think that Christians have got like got the best which they don't. Yeah. They, they suffer for what they believe in. And I know that. Mm. Oh, for sure. There's so much suffering for so many different groups of people. Mm. Um, but we're definitely no different. No. Very wise words. I love that. Thank you. Anything else you would like to say to the to the people? I love my fans. <laughs> <laughs> and we love you. Like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> Please. I don't I don't think there's anything else. I just really encourage people that listen to the podcast to ask questions and really put yourself out there. I have asked the dumbest questions to Josh and Lockie and yourself um, over the last few months, some off camera because I'm too scared to, to record them. But yeah, no dumb questions. Just really put yourself out there. It, yeah, anything. Just reach out. I still ask dumb questions. Don't worry. And like, I, I grew up in a Christian family. So mm. yeah, there's no, no dumb questions. Yeah. 100%. Thanks Morgan for joining us. This was great. Thank you for having me. That's okay. And thanks everyone for watching and listening. Please like, subscribe, share, tell your friends and uh, yeah, we'll see you next week with the first episode of the podcast. We're diving into Genesis the very beginning. (laughs) And yeah, see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye. A Mustard Seed Creative Production.